is going on? Welcome to the show. Happy Tuesday. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Pete Callender here. 704-570-1110. 1-800-WBT-1110. Do you see this? Where's Gavin Newsom? Everyone's looking for Gavin Newsom. Haven't seen the guy in like almost two weeks or something. And the last time he was publicly seen, he was getting his booster shot. So let the conspiracies begin. Yeah, I don't know. Look, I... I don't I don't really care. I mean, he's all right. He's out of pocket for a couple of weeks. It's a big state. It's an important state. I get all of that. Uh, But, yeah, I think somebody should probably tell us where he is at some point. I'll let you know if he turns up. Last night, city council met. They approved their redistricting maps for Charlotte. And uh, in case you didn't catch uh, Bo Thompson's morning show, first of all, shame on you. Really? What are you doing? Like. Okay, but uh, it's okay. Uh, I well, I joined uh, his program this morning to talk a little bit about. I, it was also great to hear Claire Fallon. Uh, she talked about this. The city council adopted the maps. Uh, minimal changes. The Hidden Valley neighborhood is upset. I would submit that most of that is fuel for uh, an individual's campaign. I think that's really what's going on. I think a lot of people in media are playing along with either a wink and a nod or out of just complete ignorance. Um, but I think there's uh, there's a uh, there's an effort there to propel into office uh, an individual that's uh, harnessing this uh, this issue, because Hidden Valley being split up into different uh, districts does not dilute their power. It actually makes them more powerful. But uh, and this was uh, explained. Uh, last night at the Charlotte City Council meeting, but they don't care. And I suspect a lot of them don't care because it's not about the actual issue. It's about uh, a, a helpful topic for political candidacy. Um, oh, then, um, so I was watching the city council meeting while also, sorry, I just saw something come across the Twitter machine. It's a picture of Kyle Rittenhouse. And so I was, because uh, I'm getting ready to, we're getting ready to launch into the Kyle Rittenhouse uh, update from day five of the trial. I've not been following uh, or reporting on this every day, but yesterday, oh my goodness, <laughs> what a day. So if you like true crime or courtroom drama, uh, this is going to be the hour for you. Because yesterday there was a couple of people that were called by the prosecution in the Kyle Rittenhouse case uh, he's on trial for murder. He is in Wisconsin uh, because you'll recall back on August 23rd, 2020 in Kenosha, there were protests over the police shooting of a person named Jacob Blake. And this was after, you know, months of rioting and looting. And so in Kenosha, there were a bunch of people that showed up to protect businesses and, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse was one of those people. He was 17 at the time, and he uh, shows up. He crosses state lines, and he shows up with an AR-15, and uh, he helps protect a business. And there's a mob of people uh, that are looking to uh, harm the business, and so there, this causes confrontation, and uh, Rittenhouse ends up uh, being stalked essentially by one individual, a fellow by the name of Joseph Rosenbaum, who even his fiance uh, acknowledged 
do, do, her name is uh, Carrie Ann Swart. And uh, she was one of the prosecution's witnesses. That's uh, the fiance for the deceased. That, but she said that um, he was behaving, Mr. Rosenbaum was behaving strangely in the hours before he was killed. She said on the day of the shooting, Mr. Rosenbaum was released from a hospital and that he was taking medications for bipolar disorder and depression. When Mr. Rosenbaum visited her at the motel where she was staying, she had specifically told him, don't go downtown Kenosha, where the unrest had been occurring for several nights in a row. But he went anyway, carrying a small plastic bag of the items from the hospital. So uh, he was behaving strangely, she said. That according to the New York Times article uh, on uh, the, the trial's progress from yesterday. So Mr. Rosenbaum, apparently, according to the video and according to uh, one of the witnesses, fellow by the name of Richie McGinnis, who is a videographer for The Daily Caller, who tried to save Rosenbaum's life after he was shot, uh, he said, this was, again, a prosecution witness, Richie McGinnis, who said that um, Rosenbaum chased Rittenhouse into a parking lot, lunged at him reaching for the barrel of his rifle. And this is the guy that we've seen in uh, videos from the scene and around the area screaming at the uh, quote-unquote militia members, which they are not actually militia members. Rittenhouse is not a militia member, I should say. I don't know who all was there, but Rittenhouse is not a member of a militia. He was dressed in, like, shorts, a green T-shirt. He had a cap on, and he had his AR-15. He had a medic bag because he was a lifeguard at the local pool where he's from and um and so he was up there and he became he got targeted by this guy rosenbaum who was behaving erratically and aggressively screaming at people calling them all sorts of names picking fights and um he then uh chased down rittenhouse at this parking lot and rittenhouse shot him richie mcginnis testified to that then Rittenhouse starts trying to run down the street to alert the police to get help he's running down the street and that's where he encounters a fellow by the name of Gage Grosskreutz that's his name I Grosskreutz 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 how he pronounces it anyway this guy is sort of uh, caricature of the Antifa uh, person. He really is. Uh, he shows up there as a medic. And he, I watched his entire testimony yesterday when I wasn't watching. I had city council on one monitor. I had this, I had the trial on the other, pulling audio from both. And I can tell you, this guy, do you, do you ever see the movie, uh, uh, what's his face, played uh, Mark Zuckerberg, Jamie whatever, right? Anyway, uh, and the the whole point of the deposition was to find out whether or not he was going to be good on the stand and whether the jury would like him. Yeah, this guy's not likable. He's not a likable guy, even though you could totally tell he thinks he is. All right, we're going to take a listen to some of his testimony, including the point where apparently he decided to be the best defense witness <laughs> he could be. So here's how the New York Times reports yesterday's trial up in Kenosha, Wisconsin of Kyle Rittenhouse. 
Headline, man shot by Kyle Rittenhouse describes the encounter on a Kenosha street. Subheadline, the testimony underscores the prosecutor's challenge in disproving a self-defense claim. You hear what's happening, right? You hear that sentence? The challenge in disproving a self-defense claim. So, oh, this is, we're seeing the way this is going and man, this is going to be difficult. Yeah, it's going to be difficult. Of course, it's going to be a difficult thing to pr- to disprove a self-defense claim. There's video from like 17 different angles of how it was clearly self-defense. Okay, so Gage Cross, sorry, Grosskreutz. He's the only person who survived being shot by Kyle Rittenhouse in August 2020. He took the witness stand and described the instant he faced Mr. Rittenhouse who had just fired several shots with a semi-automatic rifle. He was asked what was going through your mind at that particular moment by the prosecutor, Thomas Binger. Who, oh my gosh, he wears these lapel pins of like the Millennium Falcon and uh, like other Star Wars things. It's so cool. Mr. Grosskreutz, a volunteer paramedic, said, quote, I thought I was going to die. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Dude's laying on the ground with uh, an AR-15 and just shot two people. And you're going to go running right up to him with a gun drawn? Yeah, I could see why you'd think you're going to die. Chances are pretty good, actually. Um, You will hear this. I've got a couple of sound bites here. But you're going to hear this. The way that this guy speaks... It is so patronizing. It is so condescending. He is obviously the smartest person in the room, feeling the need to tell us all of the details about all of these things that he's just so smart about. He also paints himself in the best light possible at all times, simply providing an unbiased account, as he tells the prosecution here. On this particular evening, after you were at the 59th Street Car Source, do you recall where you went after that? I do. So from the Car Source location here, I um, started walking southbound down Sheridan. Did you wind up at the ultimate gas station at the intersection of 60th and Sheridan? I did. Do you recall what, if anything, you did there? Nothing different than I had previously been doing. So like I explained, when there was no patient essentially to treat, then I started recording. Again, I'm an ACLU legal observer. I thought that was the best way that night that I could provide um, another aspect or another perspective of um, an unbiased account. Unbiased Uh, account. He's an ACLU observer. um, Yes. So when you were... Leaving 59th Street, heading down to the Ultimate Gas Station, were you still wearing your hat with paramedic written on it? I was. Did you have anyone come up to you at that particular time and request any sort of medical assistance? No, nobody did. Did there come a time in which you heard uh, gunshots? Yes. Can you tell us about that? I was uh, slightly south of uh, Ultimate Gas Station. Um, to be very specific, I think it's Ray's Barbershop, which is either the adjacent building or one there over. Um, 
while I was recording, um, and I had heard a uh, series of gunshots, um, what I determined to be a few blocks south of where I was. What, if anything, did you do? Um, I first sat and listened, and then mm. had... Um, there were people watching my live stream, so I had been narrating essentially what I was seeing, what I was hearing. Um, I'd heard these gunshots um, and had commented on them. And then after seeing and hearing people running, well, I should say seeing people running northbound and then hearing people yelling medic, I started running southbound towards uh, what I uh, presumed at the time to be the, the origin of the of the gunshots okay so you get the you get the picture of like who this guy is you've seen this guy we've all seen this guy not him specifically but this character right this this imagery the antifa medic people right the or or the the aclu observers or the media people who are live streaming and pretending like they're not part of the riot right See, because when you watch the guy's live stream, he doesn't sound like he sounds on the stand. I know this might come as a shock to some people, but the way he's speaking on the stand, not the way he speaks on his live streams. He's far more, uh, he enunciates much better and he uses less vulgarity while he's on the stand. Uh, Just for two examples. New York Times says, as the prosecution's case in the homicide trial of Mr. Rittenhouse nears an end, Mr. Grosskreutz, 28, calmly delivered testimony for several hours as a star witness for the state. But his testimony, at times, lent support to Rittenhouse's central claim that he was acting in self-defense. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. So the Kyle Rittenhouse trial is underway up in Wisconsin. Still, uh, a lot of people thought that... uh, Trial should have probably <laughs> been been declared, uh, declared over under a mercy ruling or something. Uh, but no, uh, yesterday, Gage Grosskreutz, a prosecutor's witness, the star witness, the guy that Rittenhouse shot, who survived, had it like his entire bicep, you know, blown off by the uh, by the round. He testified, all right, and. Despite his best attempts to cast himself in the best possible light as the person who's there to help all the people. It did not go so well. So this guy is a volunteer medic. He was out there protesting for 75 days, he said. 75 days. Like, what does this guy do? Volunteer medic. He sees house along with some of the other guys that are there to protect the gas station, he calls them Boogaloo Boys or Boogaloo Boys, whatever, uh, tells them to, uh, calls them Stooges. Um, then he just testifies that he hears the gunshots from down the street. So he, and he hears people screaming medic. So he starts to go towards that. But then he stops. He stops after just like walking or, or jogging just a couple of feet. He stops and there's a whole group of people coming the other direction, one of whom is Kyle Rittenhouse. And this is on the live stream. Grosskreutz says, hey, what are you doing? You shot somebody? 
Rittenhouse says, I'm going to get the police. Now, what Kreuz, uh, Gr- uh, I keep wanting to call him Kreuzwitz, but uh, Gross Kreutz, GG, let's call him, Gage. Gage testifies that he thought he heard Rittenhouse say that he's working with the police. I didn't do anything. So he hears this whole different thing that was not actually what Rittenhouse said. He says, who shot? Gage asks him, who shot? He jogs alongside Rittenhouse for a little bit. Then he turns back down the road where uh, the victim was already dead, basically. But then he turns and starts pursuing Rittenhouse. Now, Gage didn't like to call it chasing Rittenhouse. He thought that was just a loaded term, no pun intended. But he followed Rittenhouse. It appears from the video, though, that you don't go very far before you turn and head back after the defendant. Would that be fair to say? That is fair to say. What changed? I've seen a a number of people um, running um, northbound um, in the same direction as the defendant. Um, I'd started hearing people saying, he just shot that guy, he just shot somebody. Um, So... So then you turn around and head back north after the defendant. I won't say after the defendant. No, no. Um, Why did you turn around and head back north after you heard these people say these things? With what Mr. Balch had said previously, um, the, essentially the way that these um, self-proclaimed militia members were conducting themselves, the gunshots, uh, people yelling for a medic, my interaction with the defendant, or yeah, my interaction with the defendant, um, and the, really the lack of information that I had gotten from him, and specifically what I had thought I had heard, then coupled with this group of people um, running northbound, um, I had uh, essentially made an inference or an assumption that um, there could be a potential for somebody getting injured. Um, and anytime you bring a firearm into that equation, the stakes are, are much higher um, for both serious injury and, and, and death. Based on all the factors that you just outlined for us, did you feel like your services might, as a medic might be more needed in the direction the defendant was headed? Correct. Yeah, sure. This makes sense. You got gunshots fired down the street, people screaming for a medic. You're a medic. And rather than run towards the people who are calling for your help, you pursue the guy running away who says he's going to the police. But you thought, according to his statement, that he was saying, I'm working with the police. In which case then, well, okay, how is that any... Different. Why is that materially different? It's not. Oh, and I like his comment about, well, you know, anytime you bring a gun to a circumstance like this, you know, you get very dangerous. Oh, you mean like you did? Yeah, you brought a gun to the to the situation, right? His concealed carry permit had expired. He was carrying that gun, a pistol, in his waistband, concealed illegally. Now, I don't know if Wisconsin has the same laws as North Carolina does, but... You're not allowed to carry at a parade or 
a protest, a demonstration. Thank you very much, KKK. <laughs> right? That's why North Carolina doesn't allow it. Because of the Klan. So I don't know if Wisconsin has a similar law or not, but this guy, Gage Grosskreutz, was packing, had it concealed, his permit had expired. He claims he did not know it was expired, which I feel the need to point this out. As with all communists, they're liars. So you should always keep that in mind. Whenever they are speaking to you, they are liars. Oh, yes. And by the way, the dude is a commie. He's uh, affiliated with the People's Revolution. He spoke at one of their rallies and uh, address- while addressing the crowd, screamed out, long live the revolution. When the defense attorney tried to uh, tag him as a member of this organization, he's like, no, that's not correct. Not correct. He's all about the word games, as all good communists are. Um, But he does have an affiliation with them, he said. And in fact, there were some of them in the courtroom yesterday as he testified. See, that's the affiliation. It's just a support network. They just, you know, when, you know, you go to testify at court, they come and support you. You know, it's like it's the people's pillow revolution. You just lay on them and take comfort with them. That's all. Yesterday at the trial of Kyle Rittenhouse up in Wisconsin, the prosecution called Gage Grosskreutz, a, quote, volunteer medic for the protesters. Um, he is the only one that Kyle Rittenhouse shot that survived. He had his bicep blown off. Um, and, um, he says that he, uh, heard the shots down the street. He then starts, uh, walking towards the shots. He then encounters Kyle Rittenhouse. He's jogging next to him for a little while where he's asking him, Hey, what are you doing? Do you shoot somebody? And Rittenhouse says, I'm going to get police. At which point, Gage Grosskreutz turns around, goes to head back towards where the per- the people are screaming for a medic, which is what he is. But then, he hears other people screaming. He sees all the people running up the street following Kyle Rittenhouse. So rather than go and provide the aid to the person that was shot and you know respond to the calls of medic, 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 he instead starts chasing Kyle Rittenhouse. But he doesn't like to call it chasing. He's merely just proceeding up the street in the same direction Mr. Rittenhouse was proceeding. Oh, and he also happened to pull out his weapon, although he left that out when he gave his statement to the police. The prosecutor shows the video then of the confrontation, and then there's this. We just saw you come running into the screen from the right. You're just behind that figure in the white shirt. Um, before this moment, had you drawn your firearm? No. Where was it? Um, like I, I mentioned uh, at the beginning, I, I keep my pistol uh, holstered uh, in the small of my back. But don't you have it in your hand at this point? I can't see. Uh, okay. Can't see from this video. Did there come a time... Uh, but just by the way, yes, he did have the pistol in his hand at that point. Uh, I, I can't see. I'm not really sure. It's kind of blurry. Yeah, but you had your pistol in your hand 
That's what the videos show. And when you were running, that you did pull your gun out? Yes. Why? Again, in the moment, uh, I, I thought that the defendant was an active shooter. Okay. Active Had shooter. And not too far behind, like you had mentioned, I'm just about to come into the, the frame here. Um, I had uh, heard several more gunshots. Um, and again, making inferences, the defendant was the only one with a large caliber rifle. Um, I'd seen an individual um, jump over the defendant. And then the defendant heard two shots. And then from there, I, I saw another individual um, use his skateboard to hit the defendant. Um, the defendant. Either way, the individual had made contact with the defendant with his skateboard, and then from there, I heard another shot. And then, as you can see in this still, an individual. Well, yeah. Okay. All right. So the prosecutor's like, all right, just just stop there. Like you're getting a little too. I don't know. This is this kind of smacks of cop talk, and it's not a pejorative. That's just like if you ever go and you read police reports. Or you watch police testify at, at trial, like it sounds a lot like this, right? They speak very <laughs> like military talk, right? Where it's like a lot of acronyms and codes and and like suspect was described as this, you know. So the guy that he first off, he's talking about a couple different people in, in in what you just heard there. One that they keep referring to as jump kick man. This is the guy that jumped and kicked Rittenhouse in the face when after Rittenhouse had fallen. They call him Jump Kick Man. So Grosskreutz sees Jump Kick Man, but he says he sees him jump over. He didn't jump over. I mean, in so much as he used Rittenhouse's face as a stepping stone, if you will, to propel himself over the rest of Rittenhouse's body. I guess then maybe you could say that. The second individual was the skateboard man, and he's dead. That's Anthony Huber. He's the one who ran up to Rittenhouse and nailed him with a skateboard. Anybody who has seen, uh, what was the movie? Kids? Kids in the Hall or something like that? Yeah, I forget. Uh, yeah, just bashed him in the face with the uh, with the skateboard. Um, and then, and Grosskreutz sees all of this. He's close enough to see all of this. But we're supposed to believe that he's so far away that he's running towards an active shooter situation. He's not running towards the active shooter to render aid. Let's be clear, right? He's not, that's not what he's doing at this point. He's pulled out his weapon. He is running towards the firefight that he suspects is an active shooting, uh, active shooting, and he is going to neutralize the threat. There's no other reason why you would do this. You're that close. He's within 20 to 30 feet. Okay. And, and again, I'm not, I'm not saying he shouldn't have. I'm just saying... He's not running there to render aid. Not at this point. I want to back up for a second, Mr. Grosskreutz, because we have other video that shows you pulling your gun out before those shots are fired. Um, so you, do you remember specifically, were you intending when you pulled your gun out, were you intending to use it? If I had to. I didn't draw my 
firearm with a express intent of of using it, but also being ready if I had to use it. Right. You never pull your weapon unless you intend to use it, though. And you never point your weapon at somebody unless you intend to destroy it. The target. Them, the target, the animal, whatever. These are the fundamentals. Now, I know he let his concealed carry permit lapse, and so maybe he forgot that when the permit lapsed. Or maybe he's just an irresponsible gun owner. It's possible. Not sure. Is he a member of the NRA? Do we have... By the way, he was never charged with unlawful possession of the firearm. He was never charged with, you know, carrying the, the weapon, even though his permit had lapsed. He's not faced any charges, actually, at all in any of this. He lied to police about a number of things. He hasn't been charged. wonder why. I wonder why. He says he could never have... Uh, he could never have uh, shot somebody like uh, uh, Rittenhouse did. He says at one point here, I'm trying to go find this uh, in the New York Times article. Do, 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 do. So when you were standing there three to five feet with your arms up in the air, he never fired, right? So the defense attorney said, correct. Through five days of testimony, several witnesses who have been called by the prosecution, they've offered accounts that were complex rather than plainly favorable to the state's case against Mr. Rittenhouse. Some witnesses have given testimony that was ambiguous helpful to the prosecution at some moments, and helpful to the defense at others. This is how you know it's going pretty poorly for the state here, is that the New York Times has to keep painting this with a both-sides brush. Like, well, they didn't really nail him on this stuff. Yeah, the video clearly shows people attacking Kyle Rittenhouse. The last of which was, or the last of whom was, Mr. Grosskreutz, he came charging up to Kyle Rittenhouse after Rittenhouse had been kicked in the face, had been yeah, first assaulted at the, the gas station, then kicked in the face, chased down the street by the mob, by people screaming, get him, cranium him. He's then on the ground, somebody kicks him, somebody whacks him with the skateboard, and up runs Grosskreutz with his gun drawn which Grosskreutz is forced to acknowledge. We'll get to that up next. News Talk 1110-993-WBT.